I invite you to hear these words from the scripture that describe the God that we serve. God is our rock, our fortress, and our deliverer. Our God is our strength in whom we take refuge. God is our shield, the giver of salvation. Let us sing to the Lord who is worthy to be praised. May we leave all the distractions of the moment and give God our heart, mind, soul, and strength in this hour as we worship him. Let's bow in a moment of prayer, shall we? Light of Christ, awaken us today to the glory of your presence that is here among us. Shine your light on us as in such a way that the darkness without and the darkness within may be pushed back so that we might truly see what is real. Help us to recognize our sin for what it is. Enable us to see the world as you created it to be. Empower us to move from darkness to light, from sin to new life. And may your light within us shine through into our worship this day. We pray in the name of the one who is the word made flesh, the light which is the light of all people, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We are in the final week of this teaching series entitled Protecting Yourself from Toxic People. It's been a series that's got a lot of people thinking and I do appreciate the feedback we've been receiving. Today we're gonna recap uh, who some of the toxic people are in our life. No names, just characteristics, but then I wanna talk about what we can do if we find ourselves living or working with a toxic person. And we'll hear Jesus speak into this situation from a teaching in Matthew's Gospel. But I want you to remember, if you don't remember anything else about this series, uh, that it is uh, God who wants to set us free. He never intended for us to live with narcissistic, toxic people that drain the life out of us and steal all of the joy out of our life. He desires to set us free and to give us peace. And if you've missed either of the first two messages in this series, I encourage you to go onto our website or the Redeemer app. You can listen there on the podcast, or there are printed copies available out in the lobby that you can pick up and take with you. Um, I just heard that all of the printed copies are, uh, for the last two weeks are gone from this morning, so um, there will be more um, coming in the next few weeks, and you can pick those up. I began writing this series back in... March, I think it was, when someone came up and asked me a question that I've been asked many times, and that is how to deal with a toxic person in their life. And the question was re is really more specific than that. Uh, it's more like, um, how am I as a Christ follower supposed to deal with narcissists and sociopaths and psychopaths in my life? Now, not everyone always uses those terms but that's exactly what they mean. For some of you, your first reaction today may be one of disbelief and you think, really, that's a question that people ask a pastor? But actually, it's not all that unusual. Believe me when I say that I'm trying, uh, that trying to have a normal relationship with a toxic person uh, or a narcissist or a sociopath or a psychopath is anything but normal. And narcissistic behaviors have become so normalized in our culture today as uh, evidenced may, by maybe Hollywood or Facebook or other kinds of things that were often less left confused by them. And sometimes it's only after a lot of emotional and psychological abuse that someone comes to realize that they are in fact in a very toxic 
relationship and they're not surviving. And for Christ followers, it's even more complicated uh, because there are usually a lot of spiritual issues that get thrown into the mix. So I think it's important that we know what unhealthy relationships look like. And I gave you some clues about toxic behavior the last couple of weeks. Um, I realized that I barely scratched the surface of some of the behaviors that some of you know all too well in your own life. Uh, perhaps you're married to a narcissist or your sister is so toxic that you can't be around her or the person at work whom you've decided is pure evil has everybody running for cover. You see, we all know toxic people in our life. They are in families, they are in workplaces, they are at school, they're in our neighborhoods. So I want to recap uh, quickly this morning some of what a toxic person looks like. First of all, they are controllers. They are master manipulators. They want to be in charge, not just of their own lives, but of yours and everybody else's too. They micromanage down to the last detail. They have trouble letting go, so they don't. And they hold on tightly until it chokes those around them. They need to feel superior. Secondly, they are abusers. They are desperately needy inside, and they take it out on you, and they take it out on people around them, and they have internalized past hurts and in their own life and have become angry and cruel to those they say they care about the most. These are people who need help, they need counseling, they need healing from God, so if you're in an abusive situation, you need to protect yourself and those in your care. Then third, they are easily angered. Uh, they make you feel like you have to tiptoe around them. You never know what's going to set them off and make them fly into a rage. They can become easily irritated about the smallest things. Sometimes they throw things or hit things or scream or curse. They have an out-of-control temper. Fourth, they're bullies. They, decide, they, des they desire to look powerful and dominate other people, and they'll use fists or lies or fear to punish uh, people to push others down, to exalt themselves, and they'll stop at nothing to achieve their goal. Fifth, they're addicts. These are people who can be addicted to either a substance or to just behavior patterns. And either way, they need professional and spiritual help. They need people around them who are brave enough to speak the truth into their life and not feed the habit. Six, they are negative. This these uh, are people who rarely have anything positive to say. They're complainers, they're whiners, they're worriers. They often don't realize uh, they're doing that because it becomes such a natural way of life to them. They live defeated. They choose to believe the worst about most things, even about you. And they're not just people having a bad day. These are people who choose to bring everybody else down around them. Number seven, they are blamers. This person is never uh, to blame for anything because it's always your fault. They will blame everything on the people around them. They'll never, uh, you will never win with a blamer because their aim is to bring you down. Number eight, they're gossipers. This person is always talking, usually about someone else. They like to be in the know and they like to pass on the next juicy bit of information to an open ear. They can be vicious with their words and cruel in their hearts toward other people's feelings. They don't really care about your reputation. They feed on lies and on exaggeration and on hearsay and half-truths. Talking smack about somebody else makes them feel better and more superior. 
Number nine, they're arrogant. This person is proud, self-serving, and always, always right. They don't want to, uh, to look foolish, but have no problem calling other people fools. They prey on the weak to make themselves look better. They're quick to judge, to offer opinions, or they are often rude to those who they consider subservient, and their goal in life is to be superior to the people around them. And then the last one I'll mention today is victims. This person tends to feel that they're constantly the victim in every situation. They always feel taken advantage of. They always are needy. They're telling you what someone else has done to hurt them and how no one cares about them. And if you lend this person your ear for very long, you'll become the next one they feel victimized by. So what do we do if we find ourselves living with or working with or close to a toxic person? Well, first we said before we have uh, that we have to recognize the toxicity in other people and sometimes even in ourselves. There is always hope to change through the grace and the goodness of God. But first we have to fully understand that there is a need. And in humility and in honesty, we have to be able to seek help. And this is no small task because we're not very good at stepping back and looking honestly at ourselves and at the people that are closest to us. But secondly, we have to set boundaries with tough love. Tough love says, I care about you, but I also care about me, and I will not allow you to hurt me or the people I love. See, no person has the right to make you feel inferior and to walk all over you and to abuse you or to bully you. Set limits to protect yourself, and if you find yourself in a dangerous or abusive or addictive relationship, get out of it. It's not up to you to change that person. It's up to you to protect your own life and the lives of those in your care. And then third, put your faith and trust in God. God can accomplish great things through our prayers, and anything is possible in God's power. It's not up to us to make someone different. God has, may have set us in their lives for a purpose so that we can be light in their darkness or uh, to extend love and forgiveness, or to show our strength uh, in God's power by setting some clear boundaries, but they must ultimately answer to God for themselves. And then fourth, believe that God is for you, not against you. God loves you, God cares for you, God has good things in store for each of us. In John's Gospel, the eighth chapter, um, it says, so if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. If the Son of God sets you free, then you are truly free. That's God's ultimate goal for each of us. Today I want to move past, though, these characteristics of a toxic person and talk about how a Christ follower is supposed to deal with being in a relationship with an emotionally unhealthy, sometimes unsafe person. And it's a complicated subject due in part to the fact that biblical teaching, teaching is often taken out of context and used to justify and enable bad behaviors in people. So what are Christians supposed to do when interacting with toxic people? And I think that trying to remember a few key points might be helpful. And the first one is this. Jesus says that we will know a good tree by its fruit and we'll know a diseased tree by the fruit that it produces. Listen to Jesus' words in Matthew's Gospel, the seventh chapter. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by, the, by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. 
Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Jesus may not have been talking about sociopathic behavior in this passage, but the analogy of the tree holds true for a lot of things in life, doesn't it? A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. In the same way, you can tell a lot about a person by their words and by their actions. And my point is this, if you find yourself in a toxic relationship but are having trouble with setting what you know to be healthy boundaries, think about the fruit of your interactions with that toxic person. When you're around them, do you feel anxious? Do you feel like you just can't be your normal self? Do you feel depressed? Or like you're living in this chaotic emotional tornado? And then ask yourself, is that good or bad fruit? We both know the answer to that question. Bad fruit is produced by a bad tree. Secondly, I grew up in a church culture in which it was taught that if we just trust God and pray for that person, God will change them. And I am the first to tell you I believe that God can do anything. He is all-powerful, but to put it bluntly, very, very, very few narcissists Sociopaths and psych, uh, psychopaths change short of a God miracle. How do I know that? Because I have never seen someone changed by God who didn't want to be changed. Now think about it for a moment. Has anyone ever gone to bed a complete high-grade jerk and woke up the next morning in the loving image of Jesus? Not very many. Now, I've seen a whole lot of people do a whole lot of praying and soul-searching and surrendering to God and getting all kinds of help, and sometimes they do become completely new people. And it's actually one of my favorite things about the blessings of God. With the right attitude and the right help combined with the power of God, people can and do change. However, a lot of narcissists and sociopaths and uh, psychopath types and other toxic people don't think there's anything wrong with them. It's part of their disorder that convinces them that everyone else is wrong. And so they're nearly incapable of change. As Christians, we have to remember that the Bible says that God will go where he is welcomed. God goes where he is welcomed. He doesn't kick down doors to get to people who feel like they have no need of him. So if you're staying in a toxic relationship and waiting for God to instantly change that person, you're seriously wasting months, if not years, of your life. And this thinking is a trap and can become a prison cell in which people stay stuck in hopes that someday it's going to be different. But there's a third line of thinking that says, I need to stay in this relationship and lead him or her to Christ. And when the topic of setting boundaries with toxic people comes up, I often hear Christians say that they're concerned about turning their backs on someone because they see it as their duty to lead that person to God. 
So if someone is a Christ follower and believes that introducing a non-believer to God is their calling, then I completely understand the pressure that people feel about cutting ties with non-believing toxic people. But whether a person is a Christ follower or not, staying safe and not becoming a doormat is vitally important to your well-being. Once we lose our joy and once we lose our hope and once we lose our peace, we certainly can't share those beautiful attributes with anybody else. And if the toxic person in your life is causing you or has caused you to be less of yourself than you once were, how can you expect to live the life that was given you as a gift from God? See, when Christ followers say that they don't want to be uh, they don't want to set needed boundaries because it seems like they're giving up on someone, I gently remind them that there's a, there's a little bit of egocentric thinking in that. They are not alone. They are not the only one God can use to bring change into a person's life. We have to be very careful when lies start to whispering uh, to us that we must be the one who brings truth to that toxic person. And when we start thinking that way, we become enslaved to ourselves. Uh, we become enslaved ourselves and, uh, to more and more abuse in all of its various forms. So if you're a Christ follower today and you're in a toxic relationship, I invite you to ask yourself, what fruit is, being, is that relationship producing in your life? Is it good fruit or is it poison fruit? And then remind yourself that people only change when they see the need and are willing to change. And lastly, you're not the only person on this planet whom God can use to reach a tox that toxic person in your life. I understand those who feel a tremendous amount of guilt and stress about wanting to leave a toxic relationship or have left that relationship and are still not sure if you're doing the right thing. See, others may give you grief about your decisions to care for yourself and protect the people you love from harm, they, they tell you to just turn the other cheek or forgive and forget and uh, send you back to endure a harmful relationship. But I assure you that we are not destined to stay in toxic relationships. It is not part of God's plan for your life. And that's why it's very important for Christ followers to focus on their relationship with God first. Not on a religion, not on a certain organization of people, but on God. People can fail you. They will mess up our, your life, but God will never fail you. Some people in this life are just takers. And with some people, you will never have a healthy, normal relationship. And some of us, and I'm one of them, we are born rescuers. And we will always struggle because we try to fix people, we try to fix situations. There's two great stories in the Old Testament book of Genesis, and I encourage you to read them. They're in Genesis chapter 13, Genesis chapter 21. Stories from the life of Abraham, great stories that help us to understand about the need to let some people go in our life and situations, let situations go that are ultimately defeating us emotionally and spiritually. In Matthew's Gospel, the 10th chapter, Jesus says that sometimes your enemies will be right in your own household. Your enemies will be right in your own household. And then he goes on to talk about the need to love God more than we love anything else in this world and to give up our life for the sake of Christ in order to truly find life. 
See, God is the perfect parent and knows what's ahead for us even when we have no idea what's coming our way. And the message is even when there, is, uh, there are relationships that we don't want to give up on, that we want to hold on to, that we think are you know, perfectly okay to maintain, sometimes God asks us to give those up because he knows what's best for us. And he knows those relationships are eventually going to cause us harm, great harm. And they're not in our best interest. And even when we don't see just how those relationships are being so harmful for us, God knows the future and he knows what's going to happen with those people that he wants us to let go of. And for me, there are some, these are the toughest kind of relationships to give up the ones we want so desperately to keep and make right, but God knows that they're doomed to fail. You see, abuse is never, ever God's plan for us. God created us and created life to be precious. And yet all too often we may find that much of our time is spent around negative and toxic people draining the life right out of us. Sometimes they're coworkers, sometimes they're friends. Sadly, some are in our own families. But God never intends for us to spin our wheels and to waste our days in trying to make other people happy who will never, ever be happy. Because in reality, it doesn't depend on us. It's not up to us. They may want us to think it does as if we possess the power to improve the value of their existence, but it's not a burden that God ever intended for us to carry. God's greatest desire is to set us free. And sometimes what propels that change is for some brave soul to be willing to say, it's got to stop. No more. See, we need to choose what is better and to learn to set boundaries that will protect and limit the control that an unhealthy person might be placing on our life. Sadly, when we look deep into the mirror of our own souls, we may realize that we are the ones who have some unhealthy tendencies that God wants to change. So today's a good day to stop wasting time in toxic patterns of living, for God has something much, much better in store for each of us. May God give us wisdom and discernment and confirmation and peace about the relationships that we are unsure of and have reached the time for letting go. And may we live in the right time, uh, may we live uh, in that time when God will allow us to, uh, to be comforted by bringing authentically loving people around us. People who will fill the void uh, left in our life. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, um, in, the in the authority that you have given us as your people, we pray for every person in this room today who finds themselves in a toxic relationship. And we pray that every marriage, every child, every relative will know in your power how to break the shackles and the chains and the cords and the habits that are robbing and killing and destroying their life. We commend all of that to you. And we ask you to set them, us free in Jesus' name. And then bless each person who's reaching out to you this morning. Love them and help them to recognize every form of evil, every demonic spirit, and to be set free 
set free. In Jesus' name.